What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. How you guys doing? How was your weekend? Happy Monday. Hopefully you cast some winners. Had a nice Saturday and Sunday. It is Monday the 21st. Damn. Happy Monday, like I said. On today's show, it's time for the Weekend Rewind, or the Weekend Review. What are we calling it? We're calling it the Weekend Review. <laughs> it's it's the first Monday as part of the new schedule. I'm like, wait, what did we name this show? What are we calling Mondays? But uh, the Weekend Review, looking at what happened on Saturday and Sunday, not only in the world of sports, but with our picks. We obviously give out quick picks on Saturday and Sunday, so we'll recap those. We'll recap what happened in the NBA, the NHL and uh, some college baseball as well. But uh, yeah, big Monday. Thanks for joining us. I woke up today. I don't know how the pollen is around where any of you guys live. I'm in Denver, Colorado, and I do live right next to a green belt and a bunch of nature, stuff like that. But I wake up this morning, and my back patio is just filled, filled with yellow dust, just pollen everywhere. And I mean, my allergies are going nuts. I'm like stuffed up. My, 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 I can't stop blinking. I'm rubbing my eyes. And that's the problem. You get pollen on your hands and you just rub your eyes and it's game over. Good night, New York. But God, I gotta, I'm rubbing them as we speak. But anyway, it's just crazy. It's like, good God, man. Um, <laughs> I'm blinking. I'm bl- For all my modern family fans out there, I'm blinking more than, than Phil when he's nervous. Just a blink machine today. Anyway, uh, let's get to it. Let's get to the weekend review. What happened this weekend in the world of sports? Of course, from a sports betting point of view. Uh, we went 3-3. Three and three. Saturday, we went 1-2. and two. Yesterday and Sunday, we went 2-1. and one. So, uh, 500 weekend for us. Let's see here. Uh, Stanford, our losses on Saturday. We had Stanford minus 140 against NC State. I can't believe NC State's playing the way they are. Uh, lost that one. We also had Portugal plus a half or double chance uh, against Germany. That lost as well. We won the Islanders bet. That was Saturday night and uh, ended Saturday t- one and two. And then on Sunday, we lost our first game, Wales plus a half against Italy. At that point in the weekend, we were one and three, but uh, ended our on a, a two and oh no. We won in the Philadelphia game, Philadelphia and Atlanta in the MLS. We had Philly plus a half. They came back, scored late to make that a 2-2 game, which, uh, hey, if you have them double chance or plus a half, that's a win. And then we also gave out Vegas last night, minus 180. Woo-hoo! That was close. Vegas scoring late and winning in overtime. So 3-3 three and three on the weekend. And, uh, yeah, you know, that was actually – I went back, look at, looked at uh, the last, I don't know, two months, 10 weeks, something like that. And I think that was our second – weekend where we didn't have a winning weekend in two months so we've been hot lately giving out some good games but uh last weekend three and three overall all right uh, before we get to nba nhl what happened in sports special thanks to better edge online betteredge.com that's b-e-t-t-o-r edge.com like sports better these guys are doing some great things for sports betting first of all there's no VIG. And that's the most important thing, right? VIG free betting. So everyone listening, whether you're a great sports better, you're winning, you're profitable, you're a pro, or you do it for fun recreationally, you're not that great. 
Better Edge will let everybody win more money because it's VIG free betting. So that's the, the most important thing. VIG free betting. You can bet without a VIG. It's incredible. But also, it's so much fun because you can follow your friends, you can follow other people, get involved by sharing your records, sharing your games. There's there's a forum where you can see what you and your buddies have, have bought and sold recently because it's not like your average sports betting platform because it's not really a sports book. It's more of a social platform where you can legally sports bet. And on top of that, you can use this legally, Better Edge, in a lot of states where you can't even sports bet legally yet, like California, Arizona, and others. So it's fully legal, it's VIG-free, and it's more fun because it's social. So check them out online, betteredge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com. Use promo code SHARP for a free $10, and uh, that get, that lets them know you heard about them right here on the Sharp Angle podcast as well. So betteredge.com, promo code SHARP, start making more money and having more fun betting sports today. All right, uh, let's start off in the NBA because some big games this weekend and some really surprising things that have happened, at least in terms of the odds. When you look at what's happening in the NBA from a Vegas point of view or a market point of view, it's incredible how many good teams have lost. Right now, when you look at the playoffs, if you were to evaluate or rank every team based on where the market had them starting the playoffs... There are a lot of the best teams who were out. What I mean is, before the playoffs started, or when the playoffs were about to begin, regular season's over, playoffs are about to start, during that time, the favorite in the NBA was the Brooklyn Nets. So, the market had Brooklyn number one. The number two team in the market were the LA Lakers at plus 400. So, What I did is I went and ranked all these teams based on where the market had them, not where I had them, not where anyone else had them, where the market had them based on the odds, okay? So again, Brooklyn plus 250, number one, LA number two. These are the market rankings. Based on the market rankings, the current matchups that we have for the final four in the NBA, in the West, it's number three versus number seven. Okay, in the West, number three is the LA Clippers. Number seven is the Phoenix Suns. And in the East, it's number six versus number 12. Milwaukee was the sixth favorite, and the Atlanta Hawks were the number 12 team in the market heading into the playoffs. Just to quantify what those odds were, the LA Clippers heading into the playoffs were five to one. The Phoenix Suns heading into the playoffs were 18 to 1. The Milwaukee Bucks heading into the playoffs were 8 to 1. And the Atlanta Hawks, before the playoffs started, 100 to 1. I mean, that's just crazy. So, looking at what happened over the weekend, on Saturday, Brooklyn taking down the Nets in the East, and uh, Sunday, Atlanta beating Philly, you know. Both teams winning in Game 7. And let's start off with the Philly game because Philly losing to Atlanta. Clearly, Philly lost to the worst team left in the playoffs. The the five seed in the East, Atlanta, but also based on the odds. It does come down to their stars. And everyone's talking about Ben Simmons and he's getting a lot of the hate today. So I went back and really effectively play-by-play broke down how many points Ben Simmons affected the game because every single time in the NFL and NBA 
we can quantify every single game, I should say, we can quantify how impactful a certain player was based on that final score. Now, there's a separate ranking that we often talk about called the ATS ranking, which is how much a player is worth against the spread. That's not what this is. This is a number individual game by game that a player's affecting the, the output. So for Ben Simmons in that game, going back and totaling up how much he affected that game, it's going to change on a nightly basis. Some nights, Ben Simmons is going to be plus five. Some nights, he's going to be plus 13. Some nights, he's going to be plus 25. Other nights, he's going to be minus 10, minus 20, minus five. That's how it works. And it is volatile if you look game by game. Over the course of the season, though, that'll average out to, I don't know, three, four points, whatever he's worth against the spread. So this is a bit of a different number than than total what a player's worth against the spread. It's more volatile game by game, but still, it's very, I think, accurate. And last night, or was that last night, two nights ago? Uh, yeah, on Sunday, Ben Simmons ended up affecting his team with a negative 8.5 rating. What that means is he ended up single-handedly affecting the score by negative eight and a half points for Philadelphia. So an easy way to do that is do this is just add eight and a half to Philly, and that's how much Ben Simmons affected the game. Now, the reason you don't want to do that math is because if Ben Simmons hypothetically wouldn't have played, everyone else's numbers change as well. But this is roughly an estimate of how much this player was worth in that game. Now, even if I'm off by three points, that's still five and a half points negative for Philly against the spread, and they lost by seven. So was Ben Simmons as bad as everyone's saying? Is he as, as negative an impact as everyone's saying? And I actually think the answer is yes. I think Ben Simmons deserves a lot of the blame. I think that if he would have played average, if he would have played like the average point guard in the NBA, I don't think Philadelphia would have had any problem winning that game or that series. He was a big problem. He impacted that series very negatively. This 8.5 rating, negative 8.5, was just for that game. So yes, Ben Simmons, I think, does deserve a lot of the blame in that Philadelphia loss. They're going to make some changes, but right now, they let a very poor team, at least according to, to the Vegas rankings to the market, advance and go to the Western Finals. And Milwaukee is now an overwhelming favorite to beat Atlanta in the West. Let's talk about Milwaukee beating Brooklyn, because yes, I think Milwaukee did a great job not over-adjusting, using their bench, and taking down the pre- playoff favorites. But a couple things. Let's not let's not forget that Kyrie Irving got hurt, which did affect Brooklyn. And I did think that this was more about Brooklyn losing than it was about Milwaukee winning. I don't want to take much away from Milwaukee, but right now looking at the West and the East, it's no question to me the the, the better teams are in the West. Milwaukee got a pass last series against a banged up Brooklyn team, and Philadelphia blew it in my opinion against Atlanta. So, Brooklyn losing to Milwaukee, and I think it was all on Brooklyn's shoulders. And just to kind of back that up, if you go back and look at pre-playoff odds throughout the history of the NBA, at least as far back as I could go find, Brooklyn losing in the second round as a plus 250 favorite to win the championship before the playoffs started, that makes Brooklyn the best team in the history of modern basketball to lose in the second round, or at least that early in the playoffs. No other team who was plus 250 or better going into the playoffs, none of them at least didn't make the conference finals. Brooklyn was the best team in the history of the NBA, at least modern day NBA. 
to be plus 250 and lose that early. It's crazy. The closest I could find was the 1989-1990 LA Lakers, who finished the season as I think they, they had the best record, one of the best records. They were plus 350 going into the playoffs, and they lost in the second round to Phoenix. That was the closest I could find. I mean, there really aren't, I should say this too, there's not that many teams that are plus 250 or better. So it's not like we're going through a huge database here, right? But of the teams who were that much of a favorite, all of them at least got to the to the final or to the conference finals. Not even the, none, the, the finals, just the conference finals. So huge disappointment from Brooklyn. You can make all the excuses you want. I know they were hurt. I know Kyrie was out, but still big, big disappointment in Brooklyn. And we've got Milwaukee taking on Atlanta. I think whoever wins that's going to get eaten alive by the West winner. Uh, In the West, Phoenix did win game one against LA. Uh, Phoenix didn't have Chris Paul, so good sign there for, for the Suns. But look, Devin Booker was huge in game one. He doesn't have what it takes to single-handedly will this team to a series win. They need Chris Paul back. Make no mistake about that. And also, LA only had, I think, one or two nights rest before that game. And Phoenix had several days off. So they were the more rested team. And, you know, the fact that they won game one doesn't really surprise me that much. It's going to be a long series. It's going to be a physical series. But uh, Phoenix got the job done in game one over the weekend. Uh, let's move on to the NHL. Uh, both series are tied 2-2 after the weekend. On Saturday night, the Islanders beat Tampa Bay 3-2. We gave that game out on our quick picks. And it's funny. You see the market slowly adjusting game by game. They're giving more and more respect to the Islanders. And that's what you expected to see early on. I don't know why it didn't happen. Either the market's not giving them respect or they're simply not getting enough money in the market to warrant the attention that I think is necessary Either way, the Islanders are slowly getting more and more expensive, which is, you know, it's just a validation that our approach and our model is doing the right thing. You know, it's like, how do I know I'm doing a good job in the NHL? Well, one of the ways is you compare what the market says and what other websites are saying and test the results. I mean, that's as much as you can do right now with the math. And right now, I mean, it, it's clear to me that we're a step ahead of the market with the NHL. So Islanders get the job done 3-2 on Saturday. And yesterday, Vegas gets a 2-1 win in overtime. Made us sweat for that one because we did give Vegas out as well over the weekend. But uh, Vegas was down one nothing for most of the game. Came back, tied it up late, and ended up getting the 2-1 win in overtime. What's going on with Montreal? I mean, the, the Canadians look great. The the postseason hits and they just flipped that switch. And I thought for a long time it was the Canadian division. They're not that good. No, Montreal is a real team, but we'll see what happens. If Vegas wins this next game in Vegas, it uh, could be good night New York, but Montreal is playing great so far. And I do want to say one thing. Robin Leonard starting last game, I heard a lot of negativity. Oh, what's going on? Marc-Andre Fleury. I want to make something very clear. And most of the puckheads out there who are real hockey fans may disagree with me. If you guys have been watching the playoffs, you're even not a big hockey fan, you may disagree with me. There's not going to be many people who are just listening to this in their car going, yep, yep, yep. But you know what my rankings say? Robin Leonard is just as good as Marc-Andre Fleury. Just as good, if not better. In a regular season, I would put Marc-Andre Fleury behind Robin Leonard. I think Leonard should be the starter. And based on stats, advanced analytics, and everything that I look at personally, I have zero downgrade from Marc-Andre Fleury to Robin Leonard. Did Leonard have a bad game against Colorado earlier in the playoffs that made him look bad? Yes, but that's that's my job, is to take 
results and sift through them and say, do these matter? What can we take from this? What can we predict in the future that we saw? Because essentially, that's 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 what I do. I'm a forecaster. It's all about predictions. And the biggest mistake that people make is being so results-oriented that they don't make adjustments in, in their beliefs. And I saw, all, I heard all my friends who are big hockey fans, I saw, even in the stadium, it was fucking crazy. I saw these Vegas fans with signs. They're at the game supporting their team and the signs are like, bring back flower. You know, I mean, it may, their signs may have well said, screw you, Leonard, go Vegas. It's like, what is wrong with these people? You know? And of course he looks great, allows one goal, a breakaway goal that the defense should have never allowed in the first place. So it's one thing to say that Marc-Andre Fleury is the better goalie, but to, to, to hear the backlash, I mean, on social media, my buddies were talking about it online, on uh, the, the, the telecast, the fans in the stands, it's like, what is going on here? And it's so amazing how narrative can take over and how a couple good games that are on national TV can drive a narrative. And frankly, from my opinion, drive it right into a profitable space. Because when everyone out there is criticizing Robin Leonard, and we're getting all this late money coming in on Montreal because people don't like betting on Leonard, that provides an opportunity for us. It provides an opportunity for value. So you may disagree with me, and you may think that I'm crazy, but that's what my ratings say, and my ratings have made me a lot of money this year in the NHL. Robin Leonard is just as good, if not better, than Marc-Andre Fleury. All right, moving on to the College World Series. We're going to wrap up with this topic today, but... Uh, the final eight have headed to Omaha, and the winner's bracket and loser's bracket is now determined. On Saturday, NC State beat Stanford 10-4. We lost that game. We had Stanford uh, minus 142, and they did not get the job done. And then game two, Vanderbilt beat Arizona 7-6 in a real close game. On Sunday, Virginia takes down Tennessee 6-0. Really surprising there. The first time the Vols have been shut out in weeks. And then uh, Mississippi State beat Texas in a pitcher's duel. Uh, that one was 2-1. So today, uh, the loser's bracket, Stanford taking on Arizona, and Tennessee will play Texas a little bit later on on Monday. In terms of the odds in baseball or in college baseball, we're seeing something very similar to what we saw in the NBA, where the better teams or the best teams, according to the market, have gotten knocked out or lost early on. According to the market, Looking at the eight teams who went to Omaha in the College World Series, the teams to advance to the winner's bracket were the three worst teams and then Vanderbilt, who was the favorite. So Vandy, number one, and then the three worst teams, six, seven, and eight, advanced to the winner's bracket. Numbers two, three, four, and five all lost. So take that for what you will, but maybe the lesson here. And a way that a lot of you guys go about sports betting is you take for granted that the market is always so accurate that if you're going to maybe make a parlay with four or five teams, you may blindly just take a minus 200, minus 300 because you figure ah, it's likely to win. It's minus 200. Well, that's not always the case. And as a matter of fact, that's often not the case. But we get these ideas that these heavy favorites are supposed to win. Uh-uh. Look at what's going on right now, and that's proof. That's that's not the case. So, all right. Thanks so much for listening to today's show, The Weekend Rewind. Hopefully, you guys did just as good, if not a little bit better, over the weekend. 
And uh, yeah, whatever you got going on today, which is plenty. Like I said, losers bracket in College World Series. We got some hockey tonight, some NBA, even a little bit of soca, some Euro 2020. Hope you guys catch some winners. Have a nice Monday. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow on the Sharp Angle.